Welcome to Work is Good, a CSM podcast. Uh, my name is Lena Buto, and I host the show with my dad, Chris Buto, who's the owner and president at CSM. Uh, this conversation today breaks down a few main takeaways that we had from the book Atomic Habits. We found the book had some really great insight on why habits specifically are the key to accomplishing um, your goals and the things you want to. And it also had some really good insights on how to build those habits, just practical advice. Um, so those were a few takeaways from today's conversation for you. So I hope you enjoy this week's conversation. The reason this book is top of mind is because Dad recommended it for the CSM employees, the CSM loan originators, all two of us, um, not including Dad, Bridget, and I. Um, and so I've been reading through it, and I know you've read through it, and uh, we've touched on discipline uh, before, and that's obviously related to building habits, uh, but I just wanted to talk about this book specifically. I know it's a fairly well-known book, and it has some, some good stuff in there. Um, so I'll let you kind of intro the book itself and why you recommended it to us. Yeah, you bet. Um, the reason I recommend it is because because it, it, it speaks uh, to a truth of human nature that, that is extremely powerful in creating the sort of outcomes that you want to achieve in life and it can this this can apply across you know it can, it can relate to your physical health your well you know your your weight um, it can relate to you know, sort of attitudes you want to develop it can relate to business practices which is of course why I recommend it for CSM sales employees um, but the, you know the basic premise of the book is that you know there, there, it's basically twofold one is that habits themselves are um, are powerful indicators of change, powerful tools to achieve outcomes that you want to achieve. The way that you change your life is by changing your habits. Mm. You know, you can look at a certain outcome, you can work toward that outcome, but ultimately it's not sustainable unless you change the habits that are necessary to produce that outcome. Yeah. And so, so first of all, you know, one of the premises of that book is, is habits are essential in order to produce consistent outcomes. And the other premise of that book is habits are changeable. Habits are within our control to develop, and that goes for positive habits. You know, we identify habits that we want to create, um, and and it also goes for eliminating negative habits. You know, and and so that was the basic premise. The reason I recommended it for CSM is because, you know, I know in my own life, uh, prospecting is is something that's very difficult. You know, I've I've been in the business long enough that I can be a little bit lazy. And enough business typically will come in that I can get by, and 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 I and I can avoid doing some things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. But if I would instead develop habits that lean into that discomfort, it really is true that over time those things just become unconscious and easy, and produce the sort of outcomes that are really um, enjoyable you know, and and desirable. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is it accurate to summarize your first your first premise there, um, just in terms of the reason, the reasons you recommended it to the two theses of the book, I guess that you mentioned, um, regarding the the value and uh, and the fact that they're changeable. Basically, you're saying habits one are important, um, essential 
for for the life you want to live, and two, they're in your control. Yes. And so here's a book on therefore yeah. how to manage. Yeah. Them. Okay. Great. So yeah, we we were talking a little bit before about where we want to focus uh, this conversation, and I as I'm thinking about it now, as it relates to what you just said, I think it is largely in the second thesis there that they're changeable, which is a lot of the focus of the book. Right. Is that really right. it's just an intro is that they're important. Um, it's, and it's, you know, it's definitely a key part um, of, of the book there. But really a lot, a lot of the content focuses on how to control them, how to form right. them. Right. Um, and there were kind of three key, key principles that we took away from the book that we wanted to focus on here. One is that um, if you want to form a habit, uh, make it easy. And we'll get into kind of what that means uh, in two in two different senses. And two, um, a helpful practical way to form a habit is to stack on, on other cues that are already part of your life. And three um, is the importance of consistency. Um, so as far as the first one, to make it easy, um, we talked about two different senses that uh, Clear kind of focused on in the book. The first was in terms of starting the habit. Just just make it something that is startable. You don't have to make it, you don't have to start with the version of the habit that you want it to be down the road. Right, right. Um, and so in, in that sense, you know, it kind of seems like you, you, you have to, if you want to start a new habit, you have to just swallow the pill and start doing what you want to do. Um, but he gets at some problems with that. Do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, you bet. And, and interestingly, you, you know, today I, I stumbled upon an old business card of mine from probably back in 2013 when I worked with my, a manager who shared a book with us called The Compound Effect. And it had some of the similar themes mm -hmm. there, you know. And and the idea was, you know, that that small changes over time compound, and and kind of goes to the idea that you're talking about is that, you know, if you look at a habit and say, you know, I want to get in the habit of running three miles a day, and I'm 100 pounds overweight today, and I have, you know, I can barely walk to the, you know, to the mailbox and back. Um, that's a very daunting challenge. And so if I'm thinking of how do I get from here to there, that's a big gulf that I have mm -hmm. to get across. Um, but the idea of the compound effect, and similar with James Clear's idea of, you know, one of the laws of, of, of habit forming is make it easy, right? Make it easy. And one of the ways in which you do that is start very, very small. And, and the example in this, you know, in this book, The Compound Effect, and Clear uses similar examples is, you know, there was uh, you know the, there was a lady who was extremely overweight, and and her coach recommended you know that that she start running on a consistent basis and 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 you know fairly long objectives like maybe three miles a day, but he had her start and say, look, I, I know you can't do this now, right. I know it seems impossible, yeah. just today, just go to the trash can and back, mm -hmm. you know, just walk to the trash can and back, do that for a week. And gradually increasing that over time, and I think that's the idea that you're that you're pointing at um, is that if you just start small, doing something small, that 
that's something that our minds don't struggle with, that our bodies don't rebel mm-hmm. against, that we can do. And if we simply do that and add a little bit to that, we get kind of the idea of getting 1% better every day. It, it amounts to a substantial change yeah. over time. And for some reason, the uh, so I'd heard you mention that example before and read it. Uh, the, the example you mentioned earlier also kind of struck home for me um, that I think Clear uses, the, the gym example, yeah. which yeah. obviously not not all of them have to be weight and right. exercise related. Right. They're good but illustrations. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the example here was that he had a friend who wanted to start going to the gym, lifting weights, right? And yeah. um, he thought that, you know, that that just wasn't something appealing to him. Doesn't, you don't want to spend an hour at a gym a day lifting weights. Um, so he forced himself to start going and forced himself to start leaving five minutes later every day or right. once a week or yep. however often he was going. And then kind of over time, as he built the habit of going, then it was kind of like, well, I might as well add add something while I'm here and I'm comfortable with that because I'm already here. Right. You know, um, so start start with a, a more manageable form and then add to it over time. I think yeah. that's helpful. But what was the, the other sense that you were talking about in, in terms of making your habit easy? Well, um, I think are you referring to the fact that it becomes... Yeah, yeah, yeah over time. Yeah, yeah, repetition. You know, the, the idea of repetition... Um, ultimately, you know, your, you know, Claire points out the fact that, you know, your conscious brain is really a bottleneck, you know, that the, the more you have to think about something to do something, the harder that is to do, right? And, mm-hmm. and the more competition you have for that part of your brain to actually accomplish those sorts of things. And so if you do something repetitively over time, once you, once it becomes a habit, it really does become easy in a sense, you know, because people might think that, wow, you know, if I want to get up at, you know, and, and I kind of hate to use myself, you know, as an example of them, but that's all I have to draw from, right? Yeah, you know, helpful so, example. You know, I, I, my alarm goes off at 419 in the morning, and, and I know there was a point in time when to think of that would have seemed really daunting, mm-hmm. and now it, it is just automatic, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I go ride the bike it's for an hour, is. you know, yeah. I go ride the bike for an hour, and it is just automatic. I, mm-hmm. It is easy in the sense that that I, I just don't have to think mm-hmm. about it. Whereas I know that wasn't the case when I first got started out. So I do think that you know those those two components of it. One is just start, start to habituate an something form. in an easy yeah. form so that you'll do it. You know, you you don't have to fight that dread. Yeah. Just do it in an easier form, and then once it becomes habituated, just gradually increase it. Yeah. And over time, you'll find that wow, I'm doing this really unconsciously. The more difficult and form and becomes just, easier. Yeah, it's yeah. just not that, yeah, it, it's not that hard. Right. You know, those, those things, you just start doing them. And your, your brain is trained like a physical muscle. Mm-hmm. Your brain does adapt to repetition, you know, and it becomes, it has greater capacity to perform whatever action you're doing um, as you repeat that more often. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the Second point you touched on there is very related to the consistency element, which was um, the second talking point that we wanted to touch on in that, you know, Clear brings up um, the importance of identifying some consistent elements to your habit. So, you know, he talks about writing as an example. If you want to start writing, don't just say you're going to start writing for 15 minutes each day. Instead, 
identify the place you're going to do it and the time you're going to do it and then to to your point before you know the the conscious brain is kind of a, a bottleneck and so if you if you know okay I want to write for 15 minutes each day and then you have a block of 15 minutes and then you're like oh I could use this I know I need to do my habit I need I, I need to do my writing um, but but I have something else going on should I do this or that then it just it's a challenge and it's a it's a you're, you're unsure but if you have a specific time and place dedicated to it then there's no decision making to the process right it just is what it is yeah. um, and then choosing to do it isn't so much a choice or choosing where and when and you know you're you're eliminating the obstacles right. basically by yeah. adding consistency anything to add there no, I think you've got that. I mean, he, he talks, I, I guess, um, you know, he, he talks about, you know, the environment is super important to establishing new, you know, to establishing new habits. And, and that, I, I would say, is kind of a subset of that. It's just, yeah. you know, stipulating a place and time and, and, and just making it easier than for those to be cues to do the thing that you're trying to become, you know, habit, you know, to make a habit of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing we're the, the third point we wanted to bring up from the book was just the idea of habit stacking and cues. Do you want to take that one away? Yeah, yeah. So the other thing he talked about, um, and, and this has to do with, um, you know, the, the book talks about both um, forming, identifying, and forming good habits, but also how to get rid of bad habits. Mm -hmm. um, and then ha habit stacking has most to do with forming new habits, but, but basically, you know, what he says is, first of all, in order to to um, consciously form a habit, you have to know, kind of know, you know, know thyself, you know, know know what habits you're currently engaged in. So you first kind of start out with just a habit inventory, and it can be things as mundane as brushing your teeth, or you know, you just kind of go through a whole list of what are your current habits. And it can be the very mundane things because those, you know, those are can become central to a strategy that he calls habit stacking. Basically, where you start to go, okay, here are all the things I'm currently doing. Now, here's what I want to achieve. What, which of those habits could I match this with? And, and generally, you're looking for matches in terms of frequency, you know, and and context. You know, one of one of the bad examples he says. You know, if you want to increase your your time of meditation, the time to do that is not when all the kids come down for breakfast. You know, in the morning and they're all crazy and running around and there's mm -hmm. lots of noise. That's not the that's not the habit of you know when you're feeding your kids breakfast. That habit that you do every day, that's not the time to try and do meditation. Right. That's that's a poor match right. of a habit in that case because they're just mutually inconsistent with one another. Yeah. They don't fit. Um, but on a more you know positive example, if you want to become more grateful, say that's a habit you want to engage in, is just be more self-consciously grateful, more grateful in your thoughts, and maybe even unconsciously grateful all the time. You want to form a habit of just being grateful for the moment, for things. And he said, you know, one of the ways you can do that is if every day, you know, you drink coffee in the morning, you come down the first thing in the morning, you make yourself a cup of coffee, you could stack or match the habit of saying, okay, every time I get a cup of coffee, 
I'm going to say three things I'm grateful for. I'm going to self-consciously think about three things that I'm grateful for. So now you've taken a habit that you already do that's automatic that you're going to do mm -hmm. every day, and then you've said, okay, I'm going to bolt on to that, this other activity, mm -hmm. so that it's a cue. You know, yeah. this habit, then this activity becomes a cue for this thing that I want right. to create. And he goes into various details yeah. on that, but basically that's the idea behind, you know, habit stacking is, is to match the habit you want to create with something you already do. And did you mention the frequency at all that he touched on, which is kind of kind of intuitive, um, but basically you didn't hit on that, did you, the, yeah. the matching frequency? Yeah, well, I, I think I referenced it, but I didn't illustrate it. Do you yeah. remember any of the illustrations specifically? Uh, I don't remember his examples, but basically if there's something that you want, if you're trying to have it stack and there's something that you want to do five times a week, don't attach it to a habit that you do once a week right? or vice right. versa, which yeah. is, you know, a little intuitive, but like, like an idea, let me just give you, like, let's give you an idea. Let's say you, like, let's take this gratitude example. You want yeah. to become more grateful, but your, 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 your the habit that you wanted to reform was to pause five times each day and be grateful. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, matching that to the habit of brushing your teeth probably wouldn't work, right? Because you typically brush your teeth twice a day. You know, you brush your teeth once in the morning, once in the evening. And so those two habits aren't necessarily going to be good stacking right. candidates because yeah. they don't line up, you know, in terms of yeah. timing. You want something that's, that has the frequency of the habit you're trying to create with an existing habit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Well, thanks, Dad. Yeah, I, I think those are three helpful things for for me that I've been thinking about, and uh, just three things that stood out. Make it easy, um, make it consistent, and then uh, when you're trying to form a new habit, stack it on, stack it on others. Um, use those as cues. Um, so super helpful. Good book overall, and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The the kind of the last thing I would say on you know one, one of the kind of the over framing sort of concepts that he had in there is you know the ideas of, of habits um, you know a good way to think about habits is is systems over goals mm. you know identity over outcomes you know because if you have a goal you know goals are great and many hugely successful just virtually all hugely successful people have a habit of setting goals. Right. But a goal is something that has a definite end and it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas a habit is is a process that creates the outcomes that are the object of those goals. Mm -hmm. And so so a habit is is focuses on systems and and you you know you kind of become what your habits are. Mm -hmm. And so those goals become much easier to achieve when you focus on those. And and the idea of, of identity versus outcomes, you know, again it's kind of a similar thing, is Habits, if they become your identity, this is the type of person I am. I do this every day. It's not focusing on the outcome, although the outcomes are the desirable reasons that you do this. Right. But you're focusing on becoming the type of person who does this all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think if you think about it in those things, you can kind of easily start to see both the benefit of it and, and some of the psychology behind how to, how to kind of rewire your thinking and yeah. you start to get into those good habits. Yeah, it, I mean... In, in one sense, it kind of comes across sometimes as just like, you know, self-help yeah. garbage of, you know, think I am this person and then you will. Right. But, I, you know, like you've, like you've said, there is something to instead of, you know, I, I wish I could get up earlier. I wish I had more. I want to have more time during the day. I want to wake up 
by this time three days a week. I want to work out three days a week. You know, if you do, if you take that first step and then start thinking um, as someone and of yourself, as someone who works out or as someone who gets up early, um, then it does result in a mind sh- mindset shift that yeah. obviously leads to new actions, yeah. desirable actions. So I think yeah. that's helpful. Cool. Well, thanks, Dan. Good conversation. Yeah, thank you.